0: Hello! It is Thursday, Thursday, January 19th, and welcome to Wake Up to the Word, our studio audience that does not exist. So glad you are here with us. Uh, If you had your reading this week, hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, our coffee of the day. I've gone very simplistic. This is simply Folgers drip coffee, so it is delicious, though. <laughs> Not that anyone cares at all. But we'll, we'll get some cheers, get the coffee going in the morning. Hope you enjoy that. Um, your your reading this week. Hope uh, you've been reading along. If you haven't, you can get your very own reading plan at wakeuptotheword.org and you can go down to Jeff's stack of stuff. Jeff's stack of stuff. And uh, there's all kinds of documents there that we use on the podcast and you can uh, download them for your very own, including this chronological Bible reading plan. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty impressive. Um, it's only the first quarter, so there'll be one there every quarter. But uh, as we read it, it will always be the lead document uh, on Jeff's stack of stuff. So it'll always be the first thing you come to. And next quarter, as we come into that one at the end of the third quarter, at the end of the third month, uh, we'll put up the new one right away so you can have access to it and and never miss a beat, go right into the next quarter. Uh, we are our reading this week, our Old Testament reading is Job uh five through twelve, lot of Job. So if you if you uh just uh, picked up with us, uh Job is uh gotten some uh, calamity from from God, actually from uh with the permission of God from uh Satan. The Satan went in and uh you know the story. Uh he uh was gone to and fro in the earth and he went before a little divine council meeting there but with the with all the hosts of heaven, and um, he, uh, Jesus said, have you considered my servant Job? And uh, he said, well, yeah, sure, sure, he's, sure, he's, uh, he's wealthy, sure, he's, he's righteous, but that's because, you know, you never let any, any harm come to him, you're always blessing him, you always protect him, and so God said, well, I'll remove my hand, and, uh, you, you, uh, have Adam, um, uh, so uh unfortunately he his whole family was killed, and uh he was left there without uh without his family uh just his wife now you gotta kind of ponder that um uh, the enemy wanted job to suffer Satan wanted job to suffer, and he killed all of his children took all of his livestock all his uh, you know all his his wealth basically uh, but he did not kill his wife he left his wife there so you, you gotta, you gotta you gotta wonder uh, you know uh, you know doesn't look good for job's wife that Satan would say no no I, I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna leave her right there that'll work out just fine oh boy that's not too good not at all (laughs) whoa okay so uh, sorry sorry there I don't mean to (laughs) offend very good so as we come into our reading is chapter 5 you'll see that uh, Job is lamenting and uh, chapter 4 is his friend Eliphaz uh, speaks um, and he says a few things that are just weird you know his opinion he says uh who that was innocent ever perished. This is verse seven of chapter four, or where were the upright cut off? As I have seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. So what he's saying is, you know, this wouldn't be happening to you. You must have done something to deserve it. That's basically what he's saying. And, uh, and then uh, later down down there, he says, uh, "Can mortal man be in the right before God? Can a man be pure before his Maker? Even in his servants, he puts no trust, and his angels he charges with error." That's an interesting interesting term there. Uh, he's he's talking about mankind, in that uh, you know nobody's above God. Nobody's above God. So so uh, you, you you can't uh be right before God you you you're mortal you're human you you're you're flawed and but then he even says and and think about this one even the angels are charged with error even the angels get charged with that that's a cool statement that that, that helps you understand exactly when we talk about these rebelling elohim the angels were not created uh, uh perfect uh, they were created as servants, and uh, they had a free will, and so uh, in that free will, there's there's rebellion, there's error that they, they can make mistakes, uh, just like humanity they can make mistakes. The distinction is, we come to find out, as we uh, will go to the New Testament tomorrow, uh, mankind gets a redemption plan, angels do not. Okay. So very good, that gets us into chapter 5. Sorry, it was kind of a long run-in there. There you go. So uh, uh, Eliphaz continues into chapter 5. To which of the holy ones will you turn? That's right at the beginning of chapter 5, verse 1. He says, uh, "There's." we understand where Job fits in in the, in, the, in the category of his time frame. If you look at the timetable of biblical history, that's, that's in Jeff's stack of stuff. You can go and look at that. If you look for Job on that, you'll see the top line all across where the globe starts. You go along the top and it has Job right about at uh, 2100 to 1900 uh, BC before Christ. Long time uh, he's in there. He's he's in the the range there. So it's um, where he lives is uh, tough to distinguish here. You're trying to figure out where to place him. But if you look, these people have an understanding the even eliphaz who's who's uh kind of mocking job and telling him you know you must have done something wrong he says to which of the holy ones will you turn he understands that there is a plurality of of divine beings there's a plurality of divine creatures and i'm not talking about uh almighty god there's not challenges to almighty god almighty god is almighty god it, The triune God who created all things, including these lesser Elohim, these other divine beings. But Job, the the author of Job, is writing these things down, and he's writing what Eliphaz said. Eliphaz understood. He's not saying this in a... uh, parenthetical way he's not saying it in a symbolic way he's saying it that to which one of the holy ones will you turn if God is against you it doesn't matter you can't turn anywhere it doesn't matter you can't turn to one of the other holy ones and and and, and get back at God or fix what God is doing God, it, God's against you right now that's all there is to it so that's what he's saying but what it opens up is the understanding that these people understood what what we're gleaning from Scripture now. So then we go on. Uh, All the way down to 17, I notice, Behold, blessed is the one whom God reproves, therefore despise not the discipline of the Almighty. He's trying to tell him to be encouraged because God's obviously disciplining you, which means you belong to God. And and that's a, that's certainly a lesson we can grab. If you're going through something difficult and you're asking God to remove it, but God's saying, hang in there, I have something for you to learn. If God is disciplining you, if you're being reproved by God, then you belong to God. You're his child, and He's he's sanctifying you and teaching you through the process of whatever's going on in your life. There's something you've got to learn. Even yesterday in in the message, I said, you know, there's rains that are going to fall and it grows you just like the rain grows uh, plants in a garden. When the rain falls in your life, it's the purpose. If you're a child of God is to grow you. And, and if you, we don't make the adjustments in that area God is going to bring struggle again and again in that same kind of context until we make the righteous and godly decision. So, um, yes, God's going to reprove you, but take heart in that. That means you're a child of God. If you can see that, okay, God's letting this happen in my life, so I learn a lesson, learn the lesson and and be uh and rejoice because you're a child of God and he's, and he loves you so much that, that he disciplined you. Cool stuff. Um, at least I think so. So, uh, uh, if we keep going down, we get to seven chapter seven, where Job, uh, con- uh jo- this Job's reply is six and seven. And so, uh, he, he he's replying to Eliphaz. He's, he's basically saying, you know, I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't done anything that warrants this kind of punishment. I have not done what you're saying I'm, I did. And so if you go all the way down to uh, 11 of chapter seven, therefore, I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. So, he is basically saying, "No, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep crying out to God. I'm going to keep complaining because I haven't done anything wrong." And so, we know why this is happening to him, but he doesn't know why it's happening to him not at least in the writing at this time. Here's what I take out of that. You can take whatever you'd like. But here's what I take God wants you to share what you're feeling with him. God is good with honesty. God is good when you share your emotions. He's good with it. He's okay with it. He wants to be in the conversation. He wants to be part of the conversation. He wants to be having the conversation. So are you angry with God? Are you upset with God? Are you frustrated with God? Do you not understand something? Let him know, talk to him, tell him, share it out. I just shared this uh, with a young man I was talking with the other day. Uh, just says, you know, I I'm, I don't dare, you know, say anything harsh to God. I said, why? And he, he was like, well, I, you know, he's God. And I said, yeah, he's God, but he loves you. He wants to hear what you're feeling. I said, I remember, I, I shared with him, asked him if he ever saw the movie Forrest Gump and he had seen it. And there's a scene in that movie uh, where Lieutenant Dan, Lieutenant Dan is is standing on the mass in a storm screaming at God. And after that he he uh, he seemed to be okay. He was settled with his spirit as to who he was with himself. And that's the thing. When you're angry at God, that anger is going to go somewhere, and usually, it, it manifests itself in bitterness in you and in your heart and in how you talk to people and how you you interact with people in your life and people see you and they're like oh I' don't want to know that guy he, uh, he's toxic or that girl she's toxic and, and, but get it off your chest give it to God because he's okay with it and and you need to unload this stuff you need to get it off your chest because God wants to carry it for you. Even here in the Old Testament, Job gets that. He unloads it on God. Uh, chapter 8, uh, Bildad, his friend, speaks. These guys are uh, were good friends when they were quiet, and they quickly turned into morons when they started to talk. Uh, maybe you have friends like this. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. How long will you say these things? Now he's upset with him because he told God how he felt. How long will you say these words of your mouth uh, to be a great wind? Does God pervert justice or does the Almighty pervert the right? Is he saying, God is justice. God is righteousness. What do you mean? How long are you going to say these things in, in God's face? You know, the sentiment is good the sentiment is right. The problem is he's wrong. Uh, Job can give those things to God. Job can say these things to God. He can share how he feels. You can share how you feel. I can share how I feel. God wants to have the conversation. He does not want to be left out don't hold the bitterness it'll only eat you alive. Uh there's some cool stuff in chapter 9 kind of get off the topic but it's still Job's reply to Bildad the the uh the friend uh uh there's no arbitration. He's saying I you know I I got no one I can I can go to when God's against you you got you got you got no one. There's no arbiter, there's no third person, there's no and uh he goes through this whole litany of things but I like this one section right here um He says, uh, starting at about five, he who removes the mountains and they know it not. When he overturns them in his anger, who shakes the earth out of its place and its pillars tremble? Who commands the sun and it does not rise? Who Who seals up the stars? Who alone stretches out the heavens and tramples the waves of the sea? Who made the bear and Orion and Pleiades and the chambers of the south? Who does great things beyond searching out and marvelous things beyond number? Behold, he passes by me, and I see him not. He moves on, but I do not perceive him. Behold, he snatches away. Who can turn him back? Who will say to him, what are you doing? That's just a great soliloquy. I love that portion of scripture because he's saying, you know, this is, he made everything. What are you going to say to him? You, you're going to turn him around by, by saying, Hey, hey, hold up. I want to talk to you. You can't do it. But here's the cool thing in it. He mentions the constellations. The Bear of Orion, Pleiades, the Chamber of the South. These are constellations. Job knew the constellations. He knew that God created them. He knew that they were up there. He called them by name. And, and yeah, he used a different language, but it translates the same and 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 we have this same understanding of the constellations. I just think that is the coolest thing and uh, and uh, as he as he talks to as he talks to uh, as he talks to to God, or as he questions? He's actually talking to his friend, but the soliloquy kind of questions God.. Uh, you might have picked up on this as I was reading through it. Um, as we get to uh, 13 and 14, it says, God will not turn away his anger. Beneath him bowed the helpers of Rahab. How then can I answer him? So uh, I stopped and paused and I said, Rahab? Why, why are they talking about helpers of Rahab? And and they kind of took me to the other story, but this is before that. So I, I was kind of confused a little bit. So... Um, but, uh, what I found out in discovering in a little history is there's also a mythical, uh, water creature called Rahab. Um, and so, uh, that's the, uh, that's the reference here. It's, it, it's, uh, it's not, uh, the Rahab, uh, of, uh, Christ l- lineage. Um, and then he says in verse 15 and 16, though I am in the right, I cannot answer him. I must appeal for mercy. To my accuser. So how many of you have ever felt like you got wrongly accused? That's what Job's feeling like. I remember once I got, I got, uh, I was driving behind a car and um, he was, uh, it was two lanes of traffic. I was on my way to work when I worked back, when I worked at the prison, I was on my way to work. And, uh, I'm, I come up behind this car that's driving very, very slow. It's two lanes of traffic. So I would just normally just go around him. And at the time I owned a, a red Camaro. So, but I came up behind him and he's swerving from lane to lane. He's, he's driving in the middle. He's driving in both lanes. He's going from one to the other and he's going really slow, but he's, but I get, I couldn't pass him because he was kind of swerving around in the lanes, and then he finally goes over to the right and gets out of the lane and I goose it and go around him on the left and, and, uh, zip past him as on my way to work. Well, little did I know, I looked at my rearview mirror, not, not a mile later. And there's a police car pulling me over and I pull over and and he says, uh, what are you in such a hurry for? And I went, uh, well, I'm on my, on my way to work. Yeah. I mean, uniform and everything. And, uh he he says uh, uh, why why are you going so f- why are you passing that car so so fast and i said i said didn't you see that guy he was he was all over the road he's he's probably drunk and you and you're stopping me i just wanted to get around him so he didn't kill me and the guy's like uh, oh couldn't you just have a little patience and i said listen i said that guy is probably still driving and he's and he's drunk and you're pulling me over and wasting my time when i have to go to work and here's the line Here's the line that, that cut me to the quick. He said, don't you think instead of driving so fast, you could have just had a little patience with him? You'd like me to have a little patience with you right now, wouldn't you? I was like, Oh, my gosh. I was like, <laughs> not funny. So, okay, you're right. You're right. I was wrong. What do, what do you do? When it's com- a complete injustice, but the other person, the other the other authority holds all the authority. This is exactly how Job felt. He says, I, "This is unjust, but I have no authority. You are the only one who has the authority. You are. I. I am at your mercy, Lord. I am here at your mercy." And when you stop and think about this this is who we are in our very creation, in our very being there is no one righteous not even one we are completely at the mercy of God just like Job said here in chapter 9 that's it you're at the mercy of God And until we come to that understanding in our life, until we stop believing that living our life like we are the author of all things in our life, until we understand that he is the author of all things, every blessing we have, every hardship we have, every aspect of our life has purpose in him. And we can accuse him. We can shake our fist at him. Or we can come under his authority. We can praise him for being a great, great creator. And we can give over our lives and say, I trust you with it all. You sent salvation for me. I trust you with it all. I, tr- I just ask for your mercy in all that I do, in all that I say, in all that I am. That's where we're left. I hope you've enjoyed this version. We're actually a little little early. That's good. Good stuff. Our Old Testament version of Wake Up to the Word. We hope to see you again tomorrow for the New Testament, uh, New Testament episode. And um, we will continue to uh, create our podcast for you. Drink our coffee. And wake up to the Word. So glad you're here. So glad you came out. So share it with a friend. We're uh, still trying to gain our momentum here, trying to get our podcast legs under us. But uh, invite a friend. Send it to them. Say, you need to listen to this. Say, this is uh, about the Word of God. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. hope I've enlightened something for you. And uh, we will see you mañana.